Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. It was called Mal Evans, who's our roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannacarum. Here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America. To the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. Uh, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. What if I were to tell you 1,000 armed men, armed and trained men, walked into a scary, scary forest and only 500 of them came out alive on the other side? Would you want to know that story? You are going to enjoy today's history story. I promise you that. It is awesome. (laughs) And it's true. 
And it's actually true. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's going to be a blast of a day today. We're going to talk a little bit more about this 60 Minutes lying about Ron DeSantis and why this is just a little taste of what's to come for Heavy D in the coming years. Huge tax increases coming. Everything's a disaster and everyone's unhappy about it, but why is anybody surprised? We're going to talk about accountability. All that coming up today on the Jesse Kelly Show. We got good emails I'll get to. We'll take some calls. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. This is a World War II Pacific Island Japanese army story, but not one like we've told before because this is not an island or a battle that you are familiar with. 99% of you. It's just one of the cooler stories. Let's do a brief setup leading into it before I get into this great tale today. The United States of America likes to focus When we talk about World War II, we mostly focus on the European part, which is part of the reason why I focus so much on the Pacific part, because I find that the war with the fanatical Japanese army to be more fascinating. But most of it, for a lot of reasons, most of it is more focused on the European part, D-Day and all these other things. And obviously those are critically important things and fighting the Germans it's easy to hate the German, the World War II Germans, especially, you know, you kill 6 million Jews, you're probably not going to make many friends along the way. So it's easy to focus on that part. I geek out on the Pacific part, partially because of my love for the Marines, partially because of my love for the Japanese, to be honest with you, and fascination with the Japanese culture, and partially because the jungle as you're going to find out today, is just such a terrible place. It's just the worst place. That thousand men I talked to you about in the beginning, and we'll get to it in a minute, and 500 walked out the other side, maybe I should have clarified. A thousand went in, 500 came out, and no man touched the 500 that didn't come out. Oh, we're getting to it. And... However creepy you think it is right now, by the time I'm done telling your story, by the time I'm I'm done telling this story, you're going to look it up because you're going to think I made it up. And every single one of you is going to say to yourself, how have they not made a movie about this yet? It is something, if this is, this is straight out of a Stephen King novel today and it happened in real life, but let's, let's set all this up first. There's a country out there, and for the life of me, I know I'm going to screw up its name. So don't write in and try to correct me on the name because I'm stupid. The name today is Myanmar. Myanmar, Myanmar. Every time I say it, somebody gets mad at me. Okay, you wouldn't eat what, Chris? No, I call it Myanmar. I knew, see, even Chris is already correcting me. Myanmar. Okay, I know, whatever. It's a country over there in Southeast Asia. Think Thailand, Vietnam, it's just west of all those. It's in that little Southeast Asia thing. It was known back in World War II times, though, as Burma. And I don't know how you change the name from Burma. Burma sounds cool. 
Myanmar. No one even knows how to say it. But whatever. Be that as it. You need to think. You need to think. Uh, thick Southeast Asia. All the Vietnam movies you've seen. Thailand. All these things. World War II kicks off. Britain. Remember, prior to World War II, Britain was still a hugely, hugely powerful colonial power in the world. They still had colonies all over the place. Uh, major nations that served Britain. India. We'll get to that's going to be part of our story today. India and others. And this was really, this part of the world was the British part of the world. India, we haven't even ever done any World War II in India stuff. There was some great fighting in there. But because I'm an American, and I try not to do this, but I tend to focus more on the American parts of the world when I talk about relatively modern history, I ignore and have ignored, and I shouldn't, the British contributions, the Indian contributions, the Australian contributions to fighting the Japanese in World War II. This area that was all British colonies, Burma and whatnot, just like Japan came and stormed in and took all those Pacific islands, well, they didn't just go east, they went west too and took all this stuff and they took it from Britain. And it was a huge, huge shock to the British Empire for a couple different reasons. Remember, as we've talked about extensively on the show, Japan was very backwards for a long time. Just very insular. Backwards probably isn't fair, but I mean, who cares about fair? They were backwards for a long time. Woke up one day, decided they better get modern or they were going to get stomped. They got modern really quickly and mixed in some very old ways of thinking into their modern military and really turned into a military juggernaut. Not real studs. In Britain, on the other hand, they... Won World War One and acquitted themselves very well in World War One. I'm not putting them down, but World War One was a bit of a gut punch for Great Britain. One of the main reasons is they were really London was the banking hub of the world, the financial hub of the world prior to World War One. After World War One, it was New York, baby. It was America selling Britain all the things they had to get to survive and. Britain got another real punch in the nose in World War I. They found out these freaking Germans, these guys can hang with us. I mean, yeah, Germany lost World War I, but that was anybody's ball game for a long time. Uh, for a long time. And Germany, remember, was taking on everybody. If it was just Germany-Britain or just Germany-France or just Germany-Russia, Germany wraps up World War I in a year. Germany was just flat better than everybody else. There are people out there who say the German army in World War I was the greatest army of all time. I don't make that argument. There are plenty of people who do, though. I'm not saying they're wrong. So Britain had a little wounded pride post-World War I. And like most of the Western powers, they looked down on the Asian powers, Chinese, Japanese, whatnot. You know, I don't do the white guilt history here. We simply give it to you between the eyes. And remember, back in the day, it's not that they were all more racist than today. It's just back in the day, 
they actually just came out and said it. Instead of today, everybody trying to hide it and hide behind, oh, I don't, I don't have any, any prejudice at all. I love all religions and skin colors and nationalities the same because we're all the same. Everybody feels the need to say that today. Oh, you're a liar. Now, I don't expect you to come out and say it. Don't get yourself fired. Everyone has prejudice against somebody or something. I make jokes about being racist against Italians, but guess what? There are people out there who I'm sure hate Italians. They hate Poles. They hate black people. They hate white people. They hate Indians. They hate this. They hate Jews. They hate Muslims. They hate Christians. That's part of human nature. So Britain had some wounded pride going into World War II, and Japan was not about to make that situation better for them. We'll talk about that and why heavy tea is about to have a long four years. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. The worst part about quitting dipping was finding how to do it. And I I hope you're smarter than me. Just go get Jake's Mint Chew because I did everything stupid and wrong you can possibly do when you quit dipping. I tried quitting cold turkey. Couldn't do it. Oh, I'm just going to quit. Oh, yeah, that was smart. I think I lasted half a day. I tried phasing it out. Well, I mean, I'm going to use, uh, uh, I'll, I'll use half as much today. Well, today I'll space them out. It didn't work. I tried that nicotine patch. Well, I mean, yeah, I was addicted to nicotine, but I was as much addicted to having something in my lips. So then I had a nicotine patch on and a dip in my lip at one point. I'm not making that up. Jake's Mint Chew is what actually works. It's nicotine-free, tobacco-free, and I still get something in my lip. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. Oh, boy. It is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly finish for the people we're talking about today in today's history story. Do not forget, it is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show, Chris. It is world-famous. You can find me on social media, at DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm also on Locals. We have Jeff Charles coming up next hour. Jeff Charles hosts the show, The Red and Black Show. He's also on Red State. But today, he is going to talk about why how we choose a president is wrong. He doesn't like the whole electoral college thing. And he has a new way he wants to choose it. And he told me, full disclosure, he told me yesterday when I booked him, he said, hey, man, I'm not sure I'm not sure your audience is going to like what I have to say. I said, they're big boys and girls. They'll be fine. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to like what, I, what you have to say, but I want to hear it. I, I am a slave to interesting. That's uh, look. That's my job. Here, here's what's crazy about this business. I'll get back to my story in a second. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Here's what's crazy about this business. I had to uh, fill in for Bill O'Reilly on his radio show yesterday and his radio show today, and obviously that's a great opportunity, and we're thrilled to do that and whatnot. But they were going over the 
massive collapse in ratings of all the cable news post-Donald Trump. And of course, CNN's was the biggest. Fox's was the smallest, but they all were double digits. 17%, 20%. Of course, CNN's was like 30%, if I remember right, my memory serves. The problem is, and maybe it's because I didn't grow up in this. You know, I grew up pretty much white trash. I blew up blue collar, to put it mildly. I I didn't grow up doing this. I had a whole different other life, very similar to your life. So maybe that's why I can see it. But the people in this business, on our side too, radio, TV, everybody, because they do something where a lot of people know them, because they're famous on a smaller scale, but famous. You you go out and about and look, the people recognize me. Hey, Jesse, can I have a picture? Hey, Jesse, nice to meet you. All that stuff. You start to feel important. And you feel like what you do is important. Let me be perfectly clear here. I talk on the radio for three hours a day. I talk on TV for one hour a day. What I do is not important. It's what I do is my job. My one job is to make your drive to work or home from work better. My job is to make your Cooking experience, you're at home, maybe you podcast a show, maybe you listen live, make that experience better for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, however long you choose to listen. My job, my one job, because nothing else matters but this, and remember this, you kids who write me all the time wanting to start doing this, your one job is to be interesting. And this is the problem. People think they're famous and important, or, and, or, I should say, they think they're smart. Well, I don't have to, I'm not here to be a clown and an entertainer. I have important facts that need to be heard. Look, I'm not discounting that. Maybe you do have really important facts. If you're not interesting, nobody's going to listen to them. It's it's what drives me crazy when I do, when I do my history research for every day for the show. I, I have to consume so much stuff that I think is trash Not because I don't enjoy the history portion of it, but I see why people don't think they like history. These history guys with this cool story and this really cool information, they will get up and not even attempt to make it vaguely interesting. And then in 1945, General Johnson, he talked with General MacArthur and they moved the 1st Battalion, 20th Marines over to the 1st, 7th Marines. And that is on the east side of it. Dude, no, what what are you doing? That's not telling a story. That's just listing facts. I can get that out of an encyclopedia. Be interesting. That's your one job. Be interesting, period. Maybe I'll talk about that later. I got to get back to the story. Britain's already got some sore pride post-World War I. And then Japan goes stomping through the British colonies in you know Southeast Asia. Burma being one of them. 1942, Japan goes storming in there along with other things and ran Britain out of there. Same as they ran us out of the Philippines. Japan was just better than us in that part of the world. Well, we are now going to fast forward to 1945. Britain is doing an island hopping campaign the same way we're doing an island hopping campaign. And they're trying to bounce their way closer and closer to Japan. Japan is very much now on their heels. This is the, towards the end of the war, where Japan can't win. 
but they're still fighting tooth and nail. Suicide guys, I mean, the works. They're just mass suicides. It's terrible. They cannot win, though, but they're, they're making you earn every inch. And there's an island off of Myanmar. Chris, there you go. I call it Myanmar. I'll say whatever I want. I went to community college. Anyway, there's an island off of there called Ramre Island. R-A-M-R-E-E, Ram Re Island. And just like so many of the islands we fought on that you would recognize if I told you the names. You know, Iwo Jima and Saipan and Guadalcanal. You know all these names. This was one of the those kinds of islands for Britain. The idea always being you're not taking an island just because you like the beachfront property. You're taking an island, if you're America or Britain, for airfields. You're constantly trying to move your aircraft closer to Japan because we don't think about the unsexy parts of war, but fuel matters and planes can only fly so far. You need to move airfields closer and closer and closer so your bombers can get close enough. And don't ever forget this. When we talk about island hopping and, and, and taking airfields, it's not only the bombers, the fighter planes Because they're not as big, don't hold as much fuel, and can't fly as far as the bombers. You really don't want your bombers flying out there naked without any fighter protection. Because you're going to run into the enemy fighters, and then your bombers are in deep, deep, deep trouble. Don't buy into the propaganda of all the machine guns they kept on our sweet bombers like the B-17 Flying Fortress. Yes, they were important, and those guys that were in those big bombers were stupid brave. But a bomber that didn't have fighter protection against other fighter planes was in very, very, very serious trouble. That was a death sentence. Yeah, you can get one or two down, but they're going to get you if you're in a fighter plane. You're just too fast, too maneuverable. Which brings us to Ramry Island. There's a gigantic British Marine force and a big Indian force as well. Remember, India is pretty much a colony of Britain at this time, and they fought, they were fighting with the British. But I don't want you to think of India, I mean, you're probably not, but I don't want you to think of them as one of these, you know, really, really weak kind of backwards, you know, tribal powers. This is an advanced, qualified Indian force with some studs. India actually has a pretty cool military history. There's some studs in there. They storm onto Ramri Island and they start fighting the Japanese. And like before, the Japanese are making them earn Every single inch of it. And finally, there's a fortress, and the Japanese have to retreat after like a month of fighting. They're not retreating. They're just moving up to the fortress so they can keep fighting. And there's about a 1,000 Japanese left. And finally, these Japanese look around and say, okay, we cannot hold this point. Do we kill ourselves? No, let's not kill ourselves. There's another Japanese unit on the island, but they're, they're 10 miles away. Let's get out of here. And let's go link up with them so we can keep fighting. Good plan, everybody? Yep, good plan. Let's get that done. They turn around and start heading towards the other Japanese force. But there's a problem. There are 10-mile stretches, and there are 10-mile stretches. These thousand guys ain't going to make it. Hang on.
my Eden Pure Thunderstorm has really, really made a difference in my home. And I know this is normally the time where I tell you about how much better it has made my allergies, as in it's made them disappear. And yeah, I mean, it's done that, and that's wonderful. But when I say made a difference in my home, I want you to understand this. And I understand this can be a little gross. I walked into my son's room. Both of my sons, they share the same room a few weeks ago. And it just smelled. You know what I'm talking about? That boy, dirty feet smell because all they do is wrestle and play and have fun. They stole my Eden Pure Thunderstorm from me, as you already know, just because they thought it was cool and wanted it in their room. Their room smells great now. Yeah, it's that good. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show with me, Jesse the Oracle Kelly, Chris. What? 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, we got Jeff Charles coming up next hour. He wants to do away with the Electoral College. He has a different idea for electing a president. Are we going to agree? Are we going to think he's insane? I don't know, but I will tell you this. You and I are going to find out together because he even asked me beforehand if if he wanted if I wanted him to elaborate to me before he comes on the air and just says it. I'm like, oh, absolutely not. No, we're all going to find out together. <laughs> so we'll we'll give him a chance to talk about that. Back to our story. Japanese, Ramry Island, British and Indian units run, storm the island, fight with the Japanese. The Japanese fight tooth and nail. Finally, a 1,000 men break away. They have to go 10 miles to meet with another Japanese unit. But this 10 miles is not a walking trail. It's not uh, pavement. It's not even mountains. It's not desert. This 10 miles is mangrove swamp. And I'm going to do the best I can to describe what a mangrove swamp is. It is different than other swamps you can imagine. If you are not driving, now's a great time to do an internet search of mangrove swamp. It'll give you a great idea what I'm talking about. However, I realize many are driving, so I want you to picture this. It's a swamp with all the other swampy things you can picture, trees and whatnot and water everywhere, but... I want you to picture a little pool of water, sometimes very deep, sometimes not deep at all, but a pool of water, right? Then you have a tree growing out of that pool of water. However, the bottom of that tree doesn't look like the bottom of other trees. Picture picture your hand if you were to stick all your fingers down and like walk with your hand like a spider across the desk. Now stick your fingers inside the water. So a bunch of your, half your fingers are under the water, half are out of the water. Now multiply those fingers by a lot and trees by a lot. It is some of the most harrowing terrain you've ever seen in your entire life. You can't really crawl 
over it. You can't really swim under it. You can't really see under it because this is not crystal clear bathwater. This is swamp muddy filth underneath there. You're stuck in the mud. You're twisting an ankle on the actual roots that are underneath. This is getting stuck and that's getting stuck and you finally get your foot out. Oh no, your boot that you very much need stayed down in the mud. You're driving underneath. Are you getting a good idea yet of a mangrove swamp? If you have to move through one type of terrain, this might be at the very bottom of the list of ones you would prefer. But these are highly, highly trained Japanese troops. Natural jungle fighters. Night fighters, people who are used to this by now. Oh, no, 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 no. There's nobody on the planet who's used to this. This mangrove swamp is so bad that the British and the Indian troops, they know the Japanese ran into this swamp. They have a pretty good idea of where they're going. But it's so bad they say to themselves, well, well, we're not going in there. What are those idiots doing in there? Didn't they talk to any of the local villagers? Well, I don't know whether the Japanese talked to those villagers or not, but I know the British and Indian troops did, and all the locals who lived on the island said, oh, you don't go in there. No, 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 you don't understand. There's no reason to ever go in there. If you go in there, you might never come out again. So the British and Indian troops, they didn't go in after them. They said, well... Screw this. Just set up our boats and set up a perimeter around this huge swamp. And we'll just wait for them. We'll just gather up whoever makes it. Well, the Japanese didn't have this luxury. They take off in the mangrove swamp. And remember, these are guys who had already been fighting for about a month. So we already have a bunch of wounded. You're going to have disease by now. You already have people who are, I mean, you can picture the picture a movie scene post battle. You got a guy with a bandage on his head. Another guy's missing a hand. Another guy has a horrible limp. You already have that. That's just, that's the nature of war. It's going to come with casualties. They start walking through this swamp. Sometimes you're in water up to your ankles. Sometimes you're in water up to your neck. What do you think the water is like in there? Do you think that's drinkable water? It is absolutely full of parasites. Well, you can only carry so much water and it's steaming hot. So they, at some point in time, have to start drinking the water. Now, now you're walking through the mangrove swamp and you are suffering severely from dysentery. Men are starting to flat out break out in fevers and drop from things like malaria, from things like yellow fever, because the mosquitoes are now swarming you. It is a swamp after all. But wait, there's more. There are scorpions, the deadly kind, all over this place. And there are venomous snakes all over this place. And this is setting aside the leeches. I didn't even talk about the leeches. I, I, I've, I've told you before about walking through Thailand, the jungle before. You don't understand. These leeches are wee little tiny things. I, I mean, 
tiny, gosh, I'm trying to even describe it to you. It's not a needle. They're bigger than that, but it's not your little finger either. I would say a quarter the size of your pinky finger, maybe. And I mean, an inch. And what they do is not only are they in the water. Yeah. They hang off of leaves and they just have their blood sucker part hanging off the end and they just grab you on the way by and you don't feel them. And they're latching onto you, and then they get big and fat sucking on your blood, and you're having to burn them off, and it's a nightmare. But back to the snakes, guys are starting to die from these snake bites because the snakes are everywhere. The snakes are all through the water because these are almost all water snakes, and you're you're not going to live in the water. You're eventually finding these little muddy patches where you pull your unit. Remember, there are a thousand men here. You're pulling your guys up for the night and trying to bed down in some mud or some sticks. Well, that's where the snakes are going for the night, too. You're rolling over. Oops, accidentally rolled on a viper. Wake up to your buddy whose organs are shutting down because a viper chose to latch onto his leg. That's beside that you're you're also beside your other buddy who's dying of yellow fever. He's beside your other buddy whose wound in his hand got infected because you're in a swamp and you can't keep it clean. You yourself, you've come out of this okay. You only have dysentery, so you're slowly dying of dehydration. Am I painting a, a, a picture of hell for you yet? Wait, it actually gets worse. Have you ever heard of a mud volcano? It's a thing that actually exists. I'm not making this up. It exists on this island. It's exactly what you think it is. Sometimes big, sometimes very small. Whatever hellishness is going on underneath, it's bubbling out flaming hot mud at all times. That's a real thing. But there's something more to this island. You see, the British and Indian troops had some very interesting things to say about things they would hear at night. They would, obviously, they were close enough to hear some things. And at nighttime, it would be very, very quiet. Very quiet, except for normal jungle sounds, bugs and such. So it's quiet. And then all of a sudden, there would be this blood-curdling screaming. Screaming, horrible pain and fear, screaming. And then gunfire. And then dead silence. And then screaming and then gunfire. And then dead silence. Do you want to know what else was happening in the night? I'll tell you in a second. Miss something? There's a pot. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) 
Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, if you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly Show, we always start out with a history story. Then we move on to politics and occasionally some other things. If you miss any part of the show, you can find the whole thing podcasted after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, on iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about specifically... How handsome I am. It's critical for the show, Chris. It's critical for the show. And there are like 600 of them. (laughs) I think there's almost 700 at this point. (laughs) All right, quit. 1945, Ramry Island. The Japanese escape into the swamp and they're getting eaten alive by scorpions and snakes. Mosquitoes, yellow fever, malaria. It's a disaster. But like I told you, The Indians and British are hearing something, an odd pattern, an odd pattern. The night is just silence, just jungle sounds. And then all of a sudden there are these horrific blood-curdling screams from the Japanese in there. And then shooting. And then silence again. And this is a pattern that keeps happening. What's happening? Well, the Japanese, straight out of the movies are being hunted by prehistoric monsters. These monsters are called saltwater crocodiles. 22 feet, 23 feet, 2,000 pounds plus. Saltwater crocodiles eat sharks. Saltwater crocodiles eat everything. Saltwater crocodiles routinely kill human beings. Because saltwater crocodiles are the apex predator wherever they go. If you've ever seen one in person, and I have both seen a live one, and I have seen one, they had a a real model of one. Like They killed one and stuffed it at the, I live in Houston, well, Houston area, at the Houston Museum of Natural Science, which I would highly recommend if you're ever here. Gosh, that's the coolest freaking place. But they had a huge one there. It was over 2,000 pounds. I mean, I can tell you all day long on the radio, it's over 2,000 pounds. It does not do justice to how gigantic it is. You have to see it. I was standing next to a stuffed one. And I'm telling you right now, it was intimidating. I could not imagine being stalked by hundreds of them. Hundreds of them. You see, what was happening is as these thousand men were were making it through the swamp, everyone can't keep up. People are wounded. People get stuck. People are this. People are that. The crocodiles start grabbing the guys who are just straggling behind. Crocodiles aren't stupid. They avoid herds. You've seen enough shows to know. They avoid the big herd if they can. They grab the straggler. They start grabbing stragglers. And the Japanese are starting to get very, very, very scared. 
as they hear and oftentimes see their men dying behind them, screaming for help as the crocodiles grab them in these hugely powerful jaws and drag them under the water and start rolling to drown them. And while they're rolling, sometimes another crocodile will grab onto another piece of the person, and that crocodile starts rolling the other way, twisting you in half and tearing you to bits in the water, and your friends are listening to you scream while this happens. Well, you see, that's how it started out. But then the crocodiles now, they're just animals, tiny little pea brain on this massive creature. They're figuring out it is dinner time. So they stop just getting the stragglers. And they start swimming up to the huge groups and grabbing men from right beside their buddies. Stories of men grabbing their buddies, trying to hold on as a massive crocodile rips them from their arms and dumps them into the water. Only just like a horror movie, now the monster, now the monster can't possibly be sated. The Japanese are trying to get out of the water as much as possible, especially at night, because at least the crocodiles aren't coming up onto the shore at night to get us for a while. And then the crocodiles figure out that that smell smells like a Japanese soldier. That means dinner time. And the crocodiles start swimming out of the water and going on to the shore right into the middle of the Japanese camps in the middle of the night and grabbing Japanese soldiers and yanking them back into the water as they wake up with a crocodile's jaws wrapped around their chest, sinking into the water, and their buddies trying to shoot the beast off. 500 men walked out of that swamp. 1,000 walked into that swamp. Ramry Island. Go look at a picture of a saltwater crocodile and just know a lot of Japanese soldiers, the last thing they saw was those crocodiles' eyes glowing in the night in the water right beside them before it ended. I'm not quite finished yet with this story. And then we will move on. Hunter Biden, Ron DeSantis in the works. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, <laughs> tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. 
It's easy for you and I, because we talk about so many dark things here on the Jesse Kelly Show, it's easy for you and I to forget how good day-to-day life can be now. I'm not going to lie. The end of my day yesterday left a little something to be desired. I will describe that to you in detail in just a second. And then I get home and I'm mad. And I start digging into the story of Ramri Island. And I think to myself, okay, idiot. Why are you stomping around mad? How bad was the end of the day, really? It'll be okay. <laughs> you and I need to take more time to smile. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Did I not tell you I had a story for you today? You will listen the next time I say something like that. All right. 60 minutes. Greg Abbott. The system. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. Take care of Easter Bunny. Oh, gosh. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing, dude. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Uh, you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Locals. That's the one I can't be kicked off of, so you should probably follow me on Locals. Every single day I get somebody saying to me, I can't believe you haven't been kicked off here yet. They've suspended me so many times by now. I wonder if I'm at the point where they're just like, don't bother. Don't bother. But I really was thinking about it last night. So this this was, and these are the ultimate and first world problems, but this was the end of the day. I'm doing my TV show and had a guest coming up. And at the time he was supposed to come on the show, boom, calls in sick. Look, I don't care if you call in sick. People get sick. At the time you're coming on the show, come on, bud. So they scramble. Then we go on to the next guest. Next guest got caught in traffic. Shows up 15 minutes late. So these are okay. These are not big deals. But my truck, if I finally get done with it, I know, Chris, I know. The truck saga gets worse. I go get in my truck, and... The truck has one of the Bluetooth things. I don't want to brag about all the fancy stuff I have, but my truck will hook up to my phone. I'm sure your peasant car doesn't do that. I realize every car does that now. Okay, I get it. But I always thought it was cool. I always think it's cool. The truck hooks up to the phone. And I start list. I have a, a laundry list of things I listen to on the way home. On top of phone calls I, I have to make and things like that, I have a laundry list of things I listen to. 
Now, when I say laundry list of phone calls, I, I basically call the fam and check in because I don't take any other calls. When I'm done talking for four hours a day, I'm done talking. Don't call me. Shoot me a text message. If you if what you have to say to me cannot be said in text message, then you need to go back and do some editing and figure out how to get it down to a text message. Period. I'm talked out. Done. Anyway, I get in, and uh, the Bluetooth all of a sudden won't hook up to my phone in this truck, and I'm just dog cussing the truck right now. So I'm stopping, trying to get it hooked back up. It won't hook back up. Then it does hook back up. Then it unhooks itself, and I'm, I'm just I'm getting frustrated. Finally, I delete the phone entirely off the truck and rehook it back up. Same problem. It won't hook up, doesn't hook back up. And I start driving down the road thinking it's not hooked up because it won't hook up and play any of the, the, the music or anything I want, I want to play. Call the wife. Phone rings. I can hear her answer over the truck speakers. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, good. It hooked back up for phone calls. Well, I start talking. I can hear her. She can't hear me. And then the music starts playing in the car over her voice. So it's just a complete medical system shutdown. So I know what you're thinking. Just end the call. Oh, I'm glad you thought of that. There's a gigantic red end call button on the car's display system. I'm hammering it. You can hear me hammering on the desk right now as I'm reliving this. I'm hammering it. It won't end the call. It's not a functional button now. The electrical system's going awry, and I can't get the music to turn off. I know what you're thinking. Jesse, just hit the power button in the car, and the radio will turn off. Oh, good suggestion. The power button's not working either. The power button won't turn the radio off. I end up, I'm very embarrassed. All right. You know I'm a bad person, right? So when I tell you don't be like me, don't. Be like me. Not ever. I'm a bad person. You don't want to be like this. And part of that is, that used to be way worse. It's not bad anymore, but I have a bit of a temper if if too many of the small things have gone bad at once. It's really weird. When major disasters hit, I have always been just totally calm. Like the bigger the disaster, the more calm I get. It's the tiny things that make me lose my mind. Like Chris was bringing up that time I uh, the girl got in the car wreck in Florida. I'll tell you that in a second. I was fine. But if a fast food place doesn't put cheese on my burger, I, I flip. I lose it. So I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It, I know it doesn't make sense. But now at this point in time, the radio's blasting. The wife's talking over the speakers. Can't hear me back over. I can't end the call. I can't turn off the radio. And still the sunroof is rattling above me. Just like I was talking about yesterday. At this point in time... I take my fist and I start punching the radio. <laughs> I did. I did. It's got this display screen and I'm just whop, whop, just hammer it a couple times. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. And so I just have steam coming out of my ears. But I get home and I'm still steaming, right? So I got to go. I got to go lift some weights. It, it helps me blow off some steam. And I'm lifting weights and I start thinking about the Ramry Island story about being caught in an island, being caught in a mangrove swamp. I mean, look, without the crocodiles, that's a nightmare. Scorpions and deadly snakes and disease and dysentery. It, it just Without a single saltwater crocodile, that's a nightmare. Uh, with one saltwater crocodile, it's a nightmare. 
with hundreds of them stalking your every move, getting more and more bold as you get through it, that's, it's hell on earth. It just hit me that people throughout history have lived lives or at least lived moments in their lives that are hell on earth. You may be going through it right now. Maybe in your personal life. Maybe uh, maybe the marriage is on rocks or done, tearing you up inside. Maybe, God forbid, but maybe you have a loved one super close to you dying. A story like that, uh, uh, I'm not going to go into the details. It doesn't matter. But young family, 40s, mom, dad, 40s, kids, terminal cancer for the dad. And I mean the kind of cancer doctors are telling him, uh, it's over, bud. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't think we can do anything. And you hear about stories like that. And I'll tell you what it does. As much as a sociopath can feel any level of guilt, it makes me feel things like you were just punching your radio because of the Bluetooth. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? There are, I mean, this happens to all of us at some point in our lives, but people run into real problems And you know how people say it puts everything into perspective. What they mean by that is all the little crap I stress about. Wow. Was it incredibly unimportant? And I'm embarrassed that I ever worried about it. That's the truth. Now let's get into some politics. Headline. This is from Bongino.com. By the way, good news. Speaking of cancer, the good news is Dan Bongino appears to be bouncing back and rocking and rolling. God bless Dan. Headline is 60 Minutes runs easily debunked, I don't know why I can't talk today, hit piece on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. While Florida's coronavirus death toll per capita is in line with the national average and massively lags the death toll of the much-praised states like New York, there's surprisingly little following the science going on among those urging to follow the science. In a report yesterday, 60 Minutes decided to push the narrative that there's some corruption present in Florida's distribution of the coronavirus vaccine. The argument is this. The grocer Publix has donated to Ron DeSantis, and DeSantis chose Publix as a vaccine distribution center. While common sense would suggest that Publix was chosen because it's the state's largest grocer with over 800 locations, 60 Minutes tried to pretend otherwise. And I'm not going to go into the details, but what 60 Minutes did was They are questioning Ron DeSantis for their 60-minute segment, and they had an agenda, and they cut out the two minutes where Ron DeSantis explained very succinctly what happened and why it happened, and it made sense to everybody. But they cut it out and acted like it didn't happen. Now, why? What's actually happened there? Here's why it should matter to you a lot and why it's going to matter in the future. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You know the thing about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? I feel like it has made my entire family healthier. It kills and prevents the spreading of mold, 
fungus, and mildew anywhere in your house. Get this. I'm not making this up. It destroys deadly viruses and bacteria. Destroys them. All you do is plug it into an outlet so it's not sitting as a big tower on the floor. It's not sitting on the counter. It's just off. It's compact. It's out of the way in an outlet, and it's so quiet, and you're making your family healthier. I can't stress this enough. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is not some little scented device you plug into the wall that covers up odors. This thing eliminates odors. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. When you do that, use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. It should be noted, I was just asked by Jewish producer Chris if the radio was working after it took a couple right hooks from me on the way home yesterday. For those of you saying, oh, Jesse, that's immature. You shouldn't do that anymore. Got in the truck this morning, fired it up. Bluetooth and radio working just fine. Sometimes you have to show these computer systems who's boss. And that's what I did. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show Remember, we have Jeff Charles coming up next. He's with RedState.com, does some show called the Red and Black Show. Always has something controversial to say about race. He's a black dude. I love Jeff Charles. Super interesting. We obviously don't agree on everything, but I think he always has something interesting to say. Remember he came on the show and defended local chapters of Black Lives Matter last time? He always has something interesting to say. And he had something to say to me. About, uh, it, it was totally cool. We're buddies. Don't worry about it. But about, I said something to the effect of they're letting all these illegal immigrants in and they're putting a lot of them or trying to put a lot of them in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Florida. And I said, wow, weird. They're putting them in the swing states that decide the presidential election. That's so weird. And what he said back was, well, why are those the states that decide the presidential election? That's not right. He has a new system he wants to talk about. And you and I may hate it. I haven't heard it yet. He tried to explain it to me or, or asked me if I wanted one because he was worried about the audience. I said, dude, we don't have a bunch of little whiny babies in my audience. If you're a whiny baby, you've left long ago. <laughs> the sensitive men and women are long gone. My people are big boys and girls. We may hate it. I may hate it. We may love it. I, mean, I want to hear what he has to say. I'm in the, I'm in the business of interesting. But... This 60-minute hit piece on Ron DeSantis, I want you to know something. And it is a total hit piece. I mean, I have the Democrat mayor. The Democrat mayor of Palm Beach, uh, Palm Beach. he comes out and says, uh, that that's, that's completely biased and intentionally false. He called it intentionally false. The Democrat mayor, that's how bad it was. But all that's, this, is a, this is a nothing issue. It's, it was a made-up story. It, it, it is that. It is what it is. The system, we've talked about it. You know what the system is. You know that the system lies, and it lies about the lies, and it lies about lying about the lies, and that it demands you say those lies are truths. That's how the system works. The system, part of the reason it was so nasty the last four years was 
systems really, 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 really reject anything that disrupts the system. It, it'll accept it'll accept some levels of criticism right up to the point there is a possible disruption of the system. And then the system will join together. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy. They just all some do this on their own, own some all do it together. There is a, a a joining of the shields to purge anything that challenges the system. It's a big part of why Donald Trump is no longer president of the United States. Big problems with his spending levels, huge problems with his embarrassing hiring and firing. But Donald Trump was an outstanding president. I don't care about his tweets or what. I don't care. Donald Trump was the best foreign policy president of my lifetime. You can make the argument Donald Trump was a better foreign policy president than Ronald Reagan. He was that good. Domestically, slashing regulations. Outstanding on pro-life. Donald Trump was great on that stuff. Donald Trump was an outstanding president. He was impeached twice. They, the system is in such control, they impeached Donald Trump twice over nothing. Over nothing at all. Absolutely nothing at all. Think about that. Wrap your mind around that. They impeached him over asking Ukraine, um, so are you ever going to look into the fact that Joe Biden is clearly uh, something dirty is happening here? I, wh- what? They impeached the president over that. Why was there constantly a statement from this former CIA head and this former FBI head and, and, and this actress and this actor and this musician and, and every educator and Donald Trump's a Nazi, Adolf Hitler, Antichrist? Because the system sense. Sensed a disruptor, and so the system went all in to crush it, to get rid of it, to purge it. That's why post-election, you heard so many people, not one random person, so many people talking about purging everybody who voted for Trump. And we have to get rid of these. We have to remember they were all talking about reprogramming these people, deprogramming these. Wait, wait, what? The system didn't just want rid of Trump. They wanted to make sure there was never, ever, 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 ever going to be another system disruptor again. If we allow a Republican, he's going to be a go-along, get-along guy. Ron DeSantis, and I'm not a DeSantis worshiper. You know, I'm a big fan of Heavy D, but I don't worship any politician, and neither should you, because they'll all let you down eventually. But Heavy D is a dude that he is... He is someone they fear a great deal. He has a gigantic IQ from what I understand. I've never talked to the guy, but people say he has a mind like a steel trap. I think he's like Harvard and Yale or something like that. I'm not making that up. Uh, Athlete, Navy veteran, and he runs in a swing state. Remember, everyone likes to act like Florida's this blood red state now. Woohoo! Dude, Florida is the definition of purple. Their governor... And senatorial races are always down to a percent or less. They're down to nothing. Florida is a purple state. Well, here comes this guy. He runs as a hard right candidate, gets elected in a purple state, and then unlike almost every other GOP in the world, he doesn't get elected and then run to the middle. He gets elected and he stays hard right. And... He challenges the media. He challenges the lies. 
And so what is the system seeing? The system is looking at the man they think could be a serious, serious disruption were he to take the White House in 2024. What I'm telling you is this. This 60-minute hit piece. And I mean, and you name what should be done to CNN, or to 60 Minutes, and I would agree with you. That is just so disgraceful. It's so disgraceful. It's, um, it's the beginning. It's nothing. This 60-minute hit piece, this was a, just a taste. This was your appetizer for what's coming for the next few years for Ron DeSantis. The system is going to come and try to destroy this man. They are going to try to destroy this man. And here's the problem. I know what you're saying right now. I know what you're saying to the radio. You're saying, I know we're going to stop him and we're not going to let that happen. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I like your attitude. Good, good, good. But I want you to understand this. The system is extremely powerful and the system, just like they've done before with Kavanaugh, with Trump a thousand times over, with name this GOP or that GOP, they're going to make you believe it if you allow yourself to get sucked into it. How hard do you think the system is going to have to dig before they find a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy whose brother's wife's dog's niece, his uncle, heard Ron DeSantis uh, say something racial one time? Dina, go ahead and deny it. And that, of course, prompts this guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. I heard him say something racist, too. And then this guy knows a guy who knows. Yep, I was in the room. And all of a sudden, every headline is Ron DeSantis racist with a question mark. And is he racist? And and soon you're questioning yourself, is he? Of course, it always comes out two, three months later. It's all a lie. Are you ready for the system to take him down? You better fortify yourself now. Let's talk to Jeff Charles about changing the way we elect a president. Hang on. Jake's Mint Chew helps you quit tipping tobacco. That's the bottom line. It will help you quit dipping tobacco. And they have, look, they have different products, right? They have 11 different flavors of long cut, seven different flavors of pouches. But if I may, on a personal note, suggest one, they have four different flavors of the CBD pouches. And when you're quitting dipping, trust me, I know it comes with a bit of an edge, to put it mildly. Frankly, I wasn't fit for public consumption when I was quitting dipping, The CBD pouches really help take that edge off. They just do. And if you can have something in your lip and not have the edge and be done with dipping, that's a win. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 20% off.
Joining me now from Red State, from the Red and Black Show, my buddy Jeff Charles always has something interesting to say and different than what everyone else is saying, which is why I love Jeff. Jeff, you have a problem with how we elect the president. I was complaining that they were dumping all the illegals in Michigan and Pennsylvania, and Jeff said, why do those states matter more? Hit me between the eyes. What's this new crazy Jeff Charles theory? (laughs) Well, uh, it's actually not my theory this time, but I've been uh, digging into the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. A lot of your listeners probably have heard of it, and the knee-jerk reaction, which was mine, was to reject it out of hand, and I understand why. I mean, there, there are valid reasons, but the bottom line is, I think most of us on the left or the right agree that the way that we elect presidents right now, it sucks. Our presidential elections are literally decided by just 12 states, and it's been that way for decades. And so that means that the rest of the 38 states, they don't really count. Like you and I, Jesse, we live in Texas. And for the time being, our votes don't really matter all that much because, at least for the time being, Texas always goes to the Republican candidate. But I think that under a new system, I think we could have every vote count without get, without giving up state control over how they award their electors, without having it become federalized. And that's what the compact is about. It's basically an agreement between states um, that their state legislatures agree to that they would award, award their electoral votes to the candidate that gets the most votes, that gets the popular vote. It doesn't get rid of the electoral college. As a matter of fact, that still remains in place in case states want to get out of the compact if they decide that it's not working for them. Okay, explain to me this then. Explain to me how uh, the argument always was, I mean, I know you know this, the whole uh, democracy being two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for dinner. I think that was Benjamin Franklin, but I went to community college. I don't remember. I'm worried about that, Jeff. I mean, how does that help us on the right when we uh, we haven't won the popular vote in ages? Yeah, you're right, and, and that was actually my my objection. But but here's the thing: under a national popular vote, presidents will have to campaign in every state instead of just 12 states. Right now, we have that situation with the wolves deciding uh, what what to have for dinner because it's only 12 states that have the power. It even goes beyond that. I mean, almost 70 percent of all campaign activity, and I think it's even more than that, takes place in those states. This also has an impact when a president is in office. If there's an issue that comes up, these states are more likely to get more disaster assistance, more federal grants, because they are, they are battleground states. So if we have a situation where both parties have to compete in all 50 states, then we don't run into that issue. And also, people, a lot of people have said, you know, that means that just the big cities are going to decide who is the president. But that's actually not true when you look at the numbers from, from the census. The population of the 100 biggest cities in the country is about, it's almost about, it's almost 60 million people. The population of rural America is about 60 million people. So there's not as much of a disparity there as, as we think there is. And this, could, this would create a situation where, say, Republicans in California, well, now their votes count. And I think that this would create a more engaged, politically engaged America. And I think that's a good thing. Why? Now, now I will push back on you on that. What in the world have you seen that would make you think Americans are going to be politically engaged anytime soon? I understand you are, 
I understand I am, but I, we have right. we have a national debt, Jeff, that is embarrassing. Huge, huge national problems, and the, the the ratings for cable news is going down because people. It's not a presidential election. Ah, oh, what's the new shiny object on TV? Do you actually think this is going to make people care? I definitely think it will. First off, it's definitely going to make them care more than they do now. Yeah, now, that's that maybe fair. Make them care, but, yeah, because here's the thing. In, in battleground states, they have about 10% more voter engagement than the rest of us do. And that's because we know that our votes don't really matter. Yeah. All, every single, I mean, every uh, 48 states have a system where winner takes all, right? So if you win the vote in Texas, then all of Texas electoral votes will go to that candidate, which means that, again, when we vote in Texas, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter all that much. But when people know that their votes are actually going to matter and these candidates will have to be going coming to their states trying to win their votes, there's no way that's gonna, that, 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 that won't increase uh, voter participation in the process. I think this could also even spill over to down-ballot elections, primary elections as well. You're going to have to have a lot more grassroots organizing. It's going to be a totally different campaign, which, by the way, Trump said he supported. He hasn't necessarily supported the compact. I don't even know if he knows about it. But he said during 2016 that I would have rather run for the popular vote because I would have run my campaign differently. You know, And he would have won. I don't agree with you on the popular vote thing, but at the same time, you are so right in that it really genuinely sucks that the president, the next president of the United States, whether that is uh, President Kamala Harris or Heavy D of Florida, whoever else may pop up, they're going to be in about 10 or 12 states and I'll probably never see him. I'm in Houston, Texas. I'll probably never see him. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll, look, I don't know that I'm conceding the point, but it does suck that they don't care and they don't have to pretend to care about our states. All right, what is the yep. big issue right now that Jeff Charles is hot on and he thinks the right is ignoring because you always have something that's in your craw and, and, and no one else is talking about it. What is it now? Uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I've really been talking a lot about the history of how the Republican Party lost the black vote. I mean, and, and you know I'm passionate about this subject. Mm-hmm. I recently did a, a three-hour video on this, going through the whole history from the end of Reconstruction up until Nixon, and even talking about what the Republican Party is doing now that alienates black voters. So I'm, I'm still pushing hard on that. Um, and it's, it, it, this is a really important topic. I mean, and I think a lot of people on the right are waking up to this, that the fact that, you know, we need to be doing more to court black and brown voters. So I think it's the right time to really start digging in and pushing the the, the GOP to start making inroads in those communities. All right. I, I'm not going to ask you to break down a three hour video in the two minutes we have left. So let's focus on a two minute answer on what is the GOP doing now that alienates black voters? Uh, mainly it's the fact that they don't really reach out. Now, a lot of black voters are upset over the, over the uh, voting laws in Georgia. But aside from that, really what it is, is they're not really reaching out. They're not paying a whole lot of attention. Um, on the right, we, we tend to elevate people who have more derogatory things to say about the black community than, than anything positive. And really, they, they, they don't feel like they, even though they agree with a lot of things that Republicans talk about, they don't really feel like they'd be welcome because they're basically ignored. Democrats, they're trash, right? But they actually did the work to earn the votes. 
and they actually still show up in black communities. That this is a myth, the idea that they only come around every four years. They're, they're there the whole time because they work there because they were elected. So I think that those are some of the biggest issues. Jeff, why don't Republicans go into these neighborhoods? Is it uh, they don't think they can win anyway? Is it what is it? Why not? Why not go? I would say if we're talking about today, yes, it's, I think it's the reason that, that that you just listed. I mean, I think it's because they feel like it's not worth it. I think the problem that we have on the right is that we tend to think short term. We don't play the long game. Yeah, that plays the long game. Yeah, and the thing is, if they were to go in tomorrow, yeah, they're, they're going to take some L. So they're going to lose. But if that if they start the groundwork, then we're looking towards you know the next five, ten, fifteen years. Then they'll start making a difference. And by the way, when Stacey Abrams helped to flip Georgia blue, or not really flip the blue, but to have them vote for Biden and for the Senate, that, that didn't happen overnight. It took her 10 years to make that happen. So I think Republicans think that because we'll lose tomorrow that we'll never get the vote. That's not true. Yep. Governor Mike Huckabee, when he ran for governor of Arkansas, he got 50% of the black vote. So it can happen. We yep. just have to put in the effort. Jeff Charles, you are the best, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. It's time for some emails and Justice Thomas. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. have total confidence in Dr. Fauci, as you said um, several months ago. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the, the principal person we've relied on for the last couple of years. Uh, that's become somewhat controversial, I gather, but we have to take advice from somebody and from myself. <clears throat> Looking at his history and background, uh, he's the most reliable witness I've seen. <laughs> I can't, I can't that's, of course, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I want you to play this again in a second, Chris. And I get, I This is what I struggle with. And I realize I should probably come down one way or the other. Mitch McConnell is the definition of establishment GOP, right? 
However, I won't say I have an affinity for him. I can't bring myself to hate him because Mitch McConnell has been remarkably effective at some things. He took what the Democrats did under under Harry Reid. He took the weapon they used when it comes to judges and such, and he crammed it down their throat and made sure Trump's four years were full of packing the judiciary with things, packing it full of things that we like. And so when he screws up on this thing or that thing or does something I don't like, because he's given me what I consider to be real victories for my side, I struggle with ripping on him. But everything else aside, I want you to play this again. How tone deaf do you have to be at this point? I'm just curious if you still have total confidence in Dr. Fauci, as you said um, several months ago. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the, the principal person we've relied on for the last couple of years. Uh, that's become somewhat controversial, I gather. But we have to take advice from somebody and from myself. <clears throat> Looking at his history and background, uh, he's the most reliable witness I've seen. What? We have to take advice from somebody. What does that? What is that supposed to mean? What? What is? What is that supposed to mean? Hold on. Before we even get to the absurd things Dr. Fauci said, and I have some absurd Dr. Fauci audio I'm going to play for you in a second. Who thinks like this? Is this human nature? And I'm the weird one. We have to take advice from somebody. What? 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 Okay, there's a new virus coming out. Nobody knows what's going on. But, hey, this guy has doctor in his title. Let's pretend like he knows what's going on no matter what he says. What is that supposed to mean? And this is the guy we listen to? This is the guy? mentioned Texas and that full ballpark in Arlington yesterday. There was a lot of concern last month when Texas effectively opened up, dropped all those restrictions and said it's back to life. And if you go to Texas, as you know, it looks like 2019. The restaurants and the bars are full and open. The ballparks are full. And yet we've seen cases and hospitalizations since then continue to tick downward. So what do you make of that as all of us look around and sort of try to consider how safe it is to get back to normal life? Yeah, you know, it's it can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks before you see the effect of what you're doing right now. You know, there, there are a lot of things that go into that. I mean, when you say that they've they've had a lot of uh, activity on the outside, like ball games. I'm not really quite sure. It could be they're doing things outdoors. You know, it's very difficult to just one-on-one compare that. You just have to see in the long range. I hope they continue to tick down. If they do, that would be great. But there's always the concern when you pull back on methods, particularly things like indoor dining and bars that are crowded. You can. I love this is bureaucrat. System speak. What I want you want to know what the system does. This is perfect. And what essentially happened there was here. Here's this piece of paper. Here's black and white showing that everything you've said is wrong. It's right in front of you. You see it, right? It's black and white. You can see it. It's right here on the paper. You see it, right? And this. How does the system respond? Does the system say, "Oh man, you know what? Wow, that is irrefutable. That's that's on me. I screwed up." I take accountability for it. Let's change direction 
and go a different route because clearly I made a mistake. Oh, no, 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 no. The system says, well, I mean, no, that doesn't – look, things are confusing. I understand it. that's not in black and white. You're actually confused. Things are very confusing. What you have to do – what? just wait. What, what we'll do is wait a little while. Wait a few weeks. Just wait a – just wait a little while longer, and then you'll see everything I've said. It's Here's the truth. Here's the truth. You've heard me say it before. I'm going to say it again. We completely ripped up, remade, and reordered Western society based on the idea that lockdowns, masks, and social distancing would help prevent the spread of coronavirus. We remade all of Western society on that way of thinking. If those things are correct, why are people not dying in droves in Florida and Texas? And if they're not dying in droves in Florida and Texas, what does that mean? We're going to talk about what that means in just a second. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Think about Now, this can be difficult to think about here on the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Think about this. What does it mean if people aren't dying in droves in Texas and Florida? If their deaths, and of course they track all this, and deaths per capita and whatnot, if they're right in line... With all the hardcore lockdown states, what does that mean? Does it mean we didn't know what we were doing and we destroyed the economy and the mental health of a nation for nothing? Now that can be, that's a bitter pill to swallow, right? But you know why we did that? Well, you heard the Senate Majority Leader. Hey, we had to listen to someone. That's exactly how you get into this mess. Why don't we not do that anymore? All right. Hunter Biden apparently had a rough night. Hang on. 
Jesse Kelly returns next. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. from both of you how D.C. journalists are adjusting to the Biden era. Jim, this is your first weekend anchoring here on, on, on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. Do you feel like your rundown, your lineup is, is really different than it would have been in the Trump years? When you're asking me if I was run down, I thought you were referring to how I felt during the Trump era. Uh, no, I think that, you know, listen, uh, we're, I think we're all dealing with some post-Trump stress disorder, uh, you know, other than that happy <laughs> Easter, as he was saying in those statements a few days ago. Um, listen, you know, as Annie was just saying a, a few moments ago, you know, there are questions about why aren't Republicans uh, getting on board with these Biden proposals. Uh, there were Republicans who were getting on board with overturning the election just a couple of months ago. And so we shouldn't have high expectations. <laughs> <laughs> CNN, can't just, they can't quit Trump. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Like I was talking about at the very beginning of the show. And remember, if you missed any part of the show, the whole thing is available after the show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes, Leave a five-star rating on iTunes and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. But the, the media world and the ratings are plummeting. And, of course, CNNs are plummeting the most. I talked about this. I predicted this, of course. That's why they call me the Oracle. I gave myself the nickname, but that's another story. That I predicted this while Trump was still in office. I told everybody, Trump has... Delayed the inevitable collapse of the cable news kind of era. And it's not like cable news is going away. It's always going to be there. It's just going to look much differently. And what I meant by that was this. Trump was so incredibly interesting. Whether you loved him or hated him or what, you couldn't take your eyes off him. He was ratings gold. He was so incredibly interesting that he made everyone around him, everyone in his orbit, including cable news pundits who hated him, he made them more interesting by default because you could simply come on the radio or come on television and do a whole show on Trump and people would watch or people would listen. That's just how it goes. There's a... uh, I forget who the host is, so I'm not going to give him credit. I'm sorry. Whoever you are, if you're listening, call me. I'll give you credit tomorrow. But there was a radio host, a sports radio host, who made this about uh, football. This was years and years and years ago. And you know football, the NFL in particular, I think the numbers are still the same, but I don't watch anymore, so I don't know, where football destroys every other sport in popularity. And I mean destroys. Like the NFL cable news package was equal to all the other pro sports in the Olympics combined. It was something like nine of the 10 most watched things on TV every year were NFL games. It it just destroys everything else. And so what he said was this, you figure out who can be good at talk radio or who can be good at sports TV when it's not football season. When it's July and you've got to come up with interesting things to talk about or say. In football season, 
Everybody can do it because you can sit down behind the microphone. Did you see the Bears? How about that interception? And everybody's obsessed with football, so they're tuning in. You probably have experienced this in your industry, whatever it is, on some level, where you will get somebody who's extra special and they just all of a sudden raise up everyone around them for a time and everybody starts to look smarter by default. Everybody does. Or or a product will all of a sudden get, get really popular and, and everybody in that industry, wow, look at what he look at what he's done for profits. Uh, a, a koozie, a beer koozie. It's just a random example that popped in my head. My mind works weirdly. Just deal with it. Let's say the United States of America gets a big heat wave this summer where it's extra hot everywhere. And you've been, you're, you're Bob, you're Bob in the koozie industry. You, you manage a small company that makes beer koozies. You know, keep your drink cold in the summertime. And all of a sudden America gets this huge heat wave in the summertime and pow, Koozie sales are through the roof. Bob's koozies, what, what, their profits are up 50% this year. Bob, my goodness, what are you doing differently? You, Man, Bob, you are a trendsetter. Bob, you've got some assistant managers. I've got some bad news for you. Some other major corporations are trying to hire a Bob's assistant managers because they've seen what they've done in the koozie industry, and it has been revolutionary. Really, they were just the same guys they've always been. Outside factors made them look a lot smarter than they were. That's what Donald Trump has done, or what's what he did for radio, conservative talk radio, liberal talk radio, for cable news, conservative and liberal. He's so interesting, love or hate. He, you can't take your eyeballs off him. He's so interesting He made a lot of very, very boring, dumb, untalented people look interesting for four years. I said, while Donald Trump was president, I I tried to warn people. I said, listen to me. Listen to me well. I understand you got the phenom as president and everyone wants to hate on him all day or love on him all day. Ah, Trump's a god. Ah, Trump's the antichrist. Those things sell. Those things get eyeballs. And I warned people in my business all the time. You heard me on the air. I said, If you can't do a show without mentioning Donald Trump's name once, you're going to be in very, very, very deep trouble when Donald Trump is gone. And now you see the post-election free fall in ratings. Part of that is people are tuning out of politics because they burned out on a presidential election. So that's built in. That's always going to be part of it. Ratings are going to go up come next election. They'll go down post-election. That's always built in. But an absolute free fall like this, it tells you what it is. It tells you so many of these people are simply boring. They're just boring. That's the truth. I'll tell you what's not boring. Hanging out with Hunter Biden. Headline. Hunter Biden has no recollection of meeting stripper with whom he had a child. This is from the NewYorkPost.com. Writing in his memoir, Beautiful Things, gosh, that will hit bookstores on Tuesday, President Biden's son describes years of drug and alcohol addiction and numerous sexual encounters he had with women. That's why I would later challenge in court the woman in Arkansas who had a baby in 2018 and claimed the child was mine. 
I had no recollection of the encounter. That's how little connection I had with anyone. I was a mess, but a mess I've taken responsibility for. The stripper, London Alexis Roberts, was working in a D.C. strip club when she met Biden. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go into the details of that. Um, there's just uh, there's just no need to go into those kind of details. Like I said, it's always going to be a show you can listen to with your kids. I come at this from a little bit of a different angle. I don't, I don't dump on drug addicts because so many people get hooked on various things, drugs, alcohol, nicotine, whatever the case may be. People get addicted to working out. People get addicted to all kinds of things. It's just the human mind is prone to addiction. So I actually don't look at Hunter Biden struggling with drugs his whole life and say to myself, ah, look at that loser. People struggle with stuff, man. Life is imperfect. Life is imperfect. People struggle with stuff. People were people. But I do look at it as this. How is it possible? How is it possible? Help me, help me make sense of this. The president of the United States of America, his brain is, is falling out of his ears. He can't, he can't talk. He shuffles around. He looks like he's he looks like he's fading quickly and we elected him president and combined with him his son is an absolute national security risk. What are we doing? And we threw out the guy who was doing a good job. And you know what Biden's got coming? Oh, get ready for this. I'll tell you in a second. How does the Eden Pure Thunderstorm work? I get that a lot. How does the Eden Pure Thunderstorm work? Because people want to know, wait a minute, it doesn't cover up odors? It eliminates them? It it, it destroys viruses? What? Well, here's how it works. I'm going to get technical on you for a second. Sonic technology produces super oxygen that purifies your air the same way nature does after a thunderstorm. That's why they call it the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Listen, this thing, it's fixed my allergies. I, I can't scream that enough. If you knew how bad my allergies were, you would know. When's the last time you heard me doing this behind the microphone? It's been a while, hasn't it? Because I don't wake up with allergies anymore because I sleep right next to one of these things. Go. Get yourself fixed. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. God bless you all. May God protect our troops and take care of the Easter Bunny. Oh, gosh. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Chris, did you see my clip on TV last night about Major League Baseball? Did you see how incredible I was? What? What? 
I could talk. Look, is it okay if I talk about myself once? Gosh, I was killing it last night. Go get that clip, Chris. We're going to play it for people. Anyway, emails. I told you, you can email me anytime. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You could email me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. This one's titled, Dear Dr. J, the priest at my church lives with other clergy in what's called a rectory. One of the other priests is retired early in his life. This priest fled Vietnam for the U.S. Last week, the priest at my church said the following in reference to the retired priest from the pulpit. He spends much of his days in prayer. When he is not in prayer, he likes to watch the news. He prefers Fox News because he likes to say, I already escaped communism once. <laughs> the entire the church erupted a mixture of loud laughs and timid oh's. Those bothered knew they were outnumbered. Is this a good parish? You bet it is. I'm not saying you have to, you want your pastor or rabbi or imam to get up there and start talking about Fox News. I'm not saying that. But your pastor should be on the forefront of the cultural wars. Good evening. I discovered your show after seeing you on the 26th on the Tucker Carlson show. I almost never watch Fox News anymore since the election, but I happen to be channel surfing and happened upon this interview with you. Now I have your podcast and enjoy every minute of it. Sadly, I've been going through Rush Limbaugh's show withdrawals since he passed away and was looking for an alternative. That is sad. I mean, there's nobody better than Rush. On the podcast, I heard today that you left your church a year ago after the pastor went left. We did the same thing with our local United Methodist Church right after 9-11. The pastor started the left-wing nonsense about what America did to make them hate us in a sermon on the Sunday after 9-11, while the rescuers were still digging through the rubble to find survivors. My husband and I got up and walked out in the middle of the sermon, removing our daughter from the youth choir and have not been back since. We now go to an Assembly of God church where the pastor tells it like it is and has a spine. I encourage you and your family to look beyond the mainline churches to those who really preach the gospel and don't worship this woke culture. Best regards and keep up the good work. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. Jesse, I don't mean to be acting like a stalker and sending so many emails, but I had to say something about the Polish pastor in Canada. I loved it. I pastored for 20 years. That's pretty cool. Hey, Jesse, hope all is well. My dad, who passed away in February this year, was a Marine in Vietnam. My whole life, he dealt with terrible depression and alcoholism, which is a big part of what took him from us. He was a highly functioning alcoholic and the hardest working man I've ever known until he got sick. He would never talk about his time in Vietnam. Your story makes me wonder if he was part of that. I'm familiar with the story, having heard about it, similar stories, heard about it in similar stories years ago. By the way, this person, in case you missed it, was talking about, I covered the My Lai massacre yesterday. War is never pretty, and I can't imagine what he went through as a 19-year-old on his first tour, and he volunteered for a second. We need to help all our veterans, especially those who've seen combat. The only thing he would say is that Vietnamese didn't value human life. He wasn't the kind of man to ask for help. Thanks for your show and tackling the tough subjects. I am, I don't know if I'm allowed to read his name, and he's listening on Florida Man Radio. We love Florida Man Radio, obviously. Half the reason veterans don't talk about the things they saw. There, there are, there's a lot that goes into that. Part of that is 
a man's natural inclination to avoid asking for help. It just is. Part of it is, you know what? We're going to do an entire segment on this next. You know what? We're not going to have a guest next. We're going to do an entire segment on this. We're going to talk about veterans and that mentality first. I want to focus. I really want to focus on myself. Here's my TV clip from last night. The American culture has declared war on you. It's been taken over by cultural Marxists, and they've declared war on you. Latest example, Major League Baseball. They react to the most benign voter law in the history of voter laws in Georgia. Show an ID to vote, and uh, you can't bribe people in the voting line. And they react as if this is the end of the world. They take the Major League All-Star game, and they yank it out of Georgia. Fine, we're taking our All-Star game, and we're going home. Okay? Here was their statement. Quote, we have engaged in thoughtful conversations with clubs, former and current players, the Players Association, and the Players Alliance, among others, to listen to their views. I have decided that the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by relocating this year's All-Star Game and Major League Baseball draft. Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. Well, here's a little myth versus fact of it, first of all. The myth is the law actually discourages voting in Georgia. Fact, the law expands ballot access by adding voting machines and election personnel. Also increases mandated early weekend voting days. The bill, the bill eliminates drop boxes, though, for absentee voting. No, actually, the bill elevates drop boxes from a COVID-19 precaution to an official part of the election. Drop boxes will be available at all 159 counties under supervision to protect against tampering. The myth is the bill, you, you can't hand out drinking water to voters waiting in line. Georgia now prevents political groups from handing out food or water as an incentive to vote. However, poll workers can make water available to anyone who wants it. And of course, don't forget, don't forget, you need an ID to get in a baseball game. But all that, all that aside, all that aside, think about this. Then I'm going to ask you another uncomfortable question, as long as it's you and me just having uncomfortable talks tonight. How much baseball are you going to watch this year? You don't have to tell me. You're welcome to email in and tell me. You don't have to. Have that conversation with yourself. Got your team, right? Is your team, I'm going to go watch the boys. Got to go hit some dingers. You going to go out to the ball game? Drop 300, 400 bucks with the fam? Tickets, parking, get your old lady a hot dog. Hey, son, you, you want a souvenir glove? Oh, let's hope we catch a foul ball. Take me out to the ball game, baby. America's pastime. You can do that? How much money are you going to sink into the coffers of the people who hate your guts? Does that make you uncomfortable? Man, nobody does it better than that guy. No, what, Chris? Nobody does it better. That that's my favorite show on TV. <laughs> that's on the first. The channel's called the first every single night. Well, every single weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I mean, just the thought that you get to hear my voice and see me while I talk. What, Chris? What? I th- I'm sorry. I feel good about giving back to people. You know what? I wonder. <clears throat> hear me out. I'm assuming you're good at taxes. I wonder. What would happen if I declared doing my show as a charitable donation on my IRS forms? Because I feel like it's a way of giving back to what? It's a way of giving back to the people. What? 
Oh my gosh, Chris, I was joking. We're not setting up a shell company. What is wrong with you? What is wrong? I bet Chris has nine LLCs. Chris probably hasn't paid a dime in taxes in 20 years. All right. In all seriousness, I got this great email about uh, father was a veteran in Vietnam, never talked about it, and struggled with alcohol. And uh, we're not going to have a guest next. We're going to have a very, very, very frank conversation about veterans. I don't do this very often, but let's talk about veterans, why they go through what they go through. Hang on. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. It is the world famous. Jesse Kelly Show, Chris, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. The email was, I, I did a show yesterday, the opening show, the, the history of it was the My Lai Massacre, Vietnamese, just, uh, Hamlet, U.S. troops go in, kill three to 500 of them. A, a total massacre, straight medieval stuff. And I got an email, you know, guy's dad was a, Severe alcoholic Vietnam veteran never talked about it, talking about how they didn't value human life. Veterans go through a few different things, and this is where the alcoholism comes from. This is where the silence comes from. And I can, I'm giving this to you from my perspective, having gone through a bit of this. One, you come back, and there's a certain level of, at least at first, there's a certain level of anger that is always bubbling there inside of you. It just... You're just mad a lot. I've told this story before. Obviously, it's not a great thing, but it just is what it is. I would get back, and I'm 23 uh, 23 years old. I'm, as, as you know, going to community college, but I'm not at work. And this is a community college in Arizona. I mean, I make fun of community college because, let's be honest, I'm an idiot, and that's, I, that's just what it is. But it's a community college in Arizona. Do you have any idea how many dimes are in Arizona? I'm a 23-year-old single dude. I'm at a community college surrounded by dimes. 
I don't even want to talk to girls. That's how angry I am. 23 years old. I would sit in the back of the class with the ball cap pulled low over my eyes and just just sit there and just think to myself, nobody better talk to me. And sometimes I would find myself daydreaming about, oh, man, I actually kind of want to beat the crap out of that guy. That was a really stupid question. No, I'm not going to do that. But, but it's, look, it's not good. It's not healthy. It's not a good way to view the world. But so you're going through that. You're angry. Another big part of it is you feel alone. And when I say alone, it's not as if you feel like people don't love you. It's you feel like the people in your life, like for me, it was uh, my parents, my sister, my friends who weren't there. They don't have any idea. It's not, it's not that you're thinking, they're thinking, I'm better than you. You weren't there. It's that you weren't there. So you can't, you can't understand how bad it is. And, and this is a huge part of it. And this is a hard one for people to talk about. So you don't talk about it much. You can't understand why I did the things I did. I can't be frank with you. I can't be totally frank with you ever about things I did. Why? It's not because I hate you. It's not, it's not that. It's, I'm worried you're going to think I'm a monster if I'm really, really frank about what I did. And I don't want my I don't want my mom to look at her son in that way. You know, it's your mom. I, w- I don't want my uh, sister to look at her younger brother that way. It's just so you just you just don't talk about it. You just keep your mouth shut and don't talk about it. And plus, and there was there was part of this too. You come back, and I'm not saying this is healthy. I'm not saying it's un. I, I, well, I, I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm also not saying it's wrong. You come back and you carry around for the rest of your life a much, much, much more cynical view of the world because you think you understand because you read and watch movies about it and hear people talk about what man is really capable of, what man will do to other men. But then you go see it and you wade through it and you experience it and you come back and you just look at the world differently. You just look at people around you differently. And the reason the veterans get so quiet and insular and it's alcohol and the things like that is you try to forget, you try to feel better. It's just the way veterans cope with things. Again, I'm not saying it's good, but it is what it is. It's the way veterans cope with things. And it just, no one's going to understand anyway. So why talk about it? One of the hardest things when it comes to Vietnam, I've talked about these guys before. I love these guys. I would, I would kill to have one on, but you can't ever find one. They don't even write books. There's, I found like one book about them, the tunnel rats in Vietnam. They got, I mean, I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around this level of bravery. I don't, I don't think I would go. There's a Vietnam, Vietnamese tunnel. They were multi-layered tunnels with rooms and barracks and hospitals and things all underground. And our guys would crawl down into these things, oftentimes without a flashlight because they didn't want to reveal where they were. They had, to, they had to change the pistols they'd use to be more quiet. And some guys didn't want a pistol at all because it was so loud. it would blow. We had guys crawling down into a Vietnamese tunnel with booby traps and enemies with a knife. 
Those guys didn't come back and tell a lot of stories. What are you going to tell? How are you going to, you come home to, uh, let's say you were married. You come home to your wife, couple kiddos, your boy. Let's say you got a young son, five, six years old. I mean, dad's a god to him anyway. And now your dad comes home and he's a veteran. And your wife's so happy to have you back, only you're not you anymore because you left a piece of yourself over there. That happens. It happens. You're not you anymore. So you're trying to, you want to be you again, but you can't be you. You also can't explain to her why you're not you, why you don't talk anymore, why you have to be by yourself sometimes. Your son once said, Dad, what did you do over there? Did you kill people? And and that just rips your heart out to hear it because you can't sit down with your wife and son and explain to them about the time you wrestled with a 15-year-old Viet Cong in a Vietnamese tunnel and had to stab him to death and listen to him die. I'm not trying to be too in-your-face or vulgar about it. I'm trying to explain our veterans today and of yesteryear I want you to understand as best I can I can give to you why they are the way they are, why they are quiet, why they are different when they come back, why oftentimes they stay different. It's just really hard sometimes to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And that's not it's not unique to us. It's not unique to America. It's not unique to the modern era. This is the history of the world, of, of men marching off to combat and doing terrible things, experiencing terrible things, seeing terrible things and come up. Uh, uh, ancient Rome. We talk about ancient Rome all the time. It's just I picked a random era. Think about, think about that. Think about going marching off to war against uh, the Gauls. You're with Julius Caesar going off to the Gauls. And what are your battles like? It's not even bullets, man. It's swords and spears and screaming and crying and yelling and wounds and blood and guts. And you go off for a, a year, two-year-long two year campaign in Gaul. And you come home after two years of stabbing people and watching your friends being stabbed. What kind of person are you when you come back? Do you sleep well every single night? No, you don't. No, you don't. This is this is the history of the world. And the, the bad part about this thing is, uh, talking about this stuff is this. I mean, I, I told you this because I wanted you to understand, but the bad part about talking about this stuff is I don't have a solution to give you. It's always been this way. It will always be this way. I will just simply tell you this. If you have a loved one going through this, be as merciful and patient as you can and understand if they're quiet, if if you're frustrated because they won't tell you why, there are reasons they won't tell you why. Maybe to you they're not logical, but in their mind it is. You don't feel like you can tell people. All right, that's enough of that. We have some good stuff to talk about. We have another email. Greg Abbott, executive orders. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show.
on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Jake's Mint Chew is, I'll tell you, I wish I discovered it earlier. It was one of those things, it's so effective, it's so good at helping guys quit dipping that when I finally found it, I mean, yes, I was thrilled, but I was also mad that I didn't know about it earlier. So what it is, is it's something you can put in your lip to help replace that, uh, that dip you're already using. They have all kinds of different flavors, 11 different flavors of long cut, four different flavors of the CBD pouches, but it's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. How great is that? Jake's Mint Chew. You don't have to feel guilty when you have one in your lip. And look, if you're trying to quit smoking, get those CBD pouches. It'll take the edge off. It gives you something. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show and with me, the Shogun. Jesse Kelly, I have another email here. Hi, Jesse. I've been a fan since the mint green seersucker. Man, that suit is sweet. You've never seen me in my mint green seer, uh, seersucker suit, Chris? Oh, gosh. I, I look so good. Your podcast cracks me up and gives me hope in my pit of desolation that I call home, Oakland, California. It sucks so bad you feel like you were surrounded by the enemy all the time. You know what I heard on the radio yesterday? I was flipping through the channels. I landed on a local hip-hop station, and the DJ was talking about white supremacy and how we need to stop hate. And that led them into the Asian hate violence happening right now, implying it was white supremacists who were doing the crimes against Asians. Statistically, we know this isn't true. Chris, get that, get that Yuri thing of even if you take them to, to Russia and show them, they won't believe it. I need to get out of here, but where do I go? You say go to red states, but how do we do it and, and make sure it'll remain red? Looking for suggestions and advice. Listen to me and listen well. There are no guarantees in life. I can't guarantee you that red place you're moving to now won't eventually flip blue. And I, In fact, I can guarantee you this. No matter wh- where you move to now... The left is going to come for it. The left isn't going to back off. But as far as the white supremacy being responsible for Asian things, remember remember what our mentor Yuri Besmanov said. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, Even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. We have to start to accept something about the communists we face here. Because the system is so powerful, and because it's everything now, right? It's everything you see, hear, read. It's your news. It's your your school. It's your everything. People get ingrained with a belief system And you cannot, absolutely cannot get it out of them. Here is something that's true. A huge portion of this country, a gigantic portion, thinks white supremacy is the biggest problem in America. How big is that portion? 
Remember that poll we just had? For Democrats, it's the number one issue. Wrap your mind around this. How many white supremacists have you ever met? I'm not saying there aren't racist people. There are always racist people. As you know, I say everybody has some prejudice. But how many true blue white supremacists have you ever met? Even one? Half the country thinks that's the biggest issue facing the nation. You can't, you can't undo that. You cannot undo that, period. All right. It's the last segment. So we're going to do that thing where I finally get to all the stories I had Chris print out but didn't get to. Let's go. Headlines I didn't get to. First one from Reuters. Biden will push through infrastructure plan if no Republican support, Energy Secretary says. Of course he will because the system is not going to slow down because Republicans are against it. They have control now. They have the propaganda arm to run cover for them. It is full steam ahead. Choo-choo. The debt train is coming, baby. I do my own voice. I do, I do my own sound effects on the show. They've actually asked me if I want any of these professional radio sound effects. I'm like, what are you talking about? I already do them. They're the ones that come out of my voice. Headline, foxnews.com. Texas Governor Greg Abbott declines to throw the first pitch over Major League Baseball stance on Georgia voting law. Greg Abbott also signed an executive order banning the use of vaccine passports. One, good for Greg Abbott. Two, that's exactly why leaders like Ron DeSantis, Heavy D in Florida are so important because they do leader things and other people look around and go, oh, good idea. I'm emboldened to do the same. Headline, Georgia GOP asks Coca-Cola to get their products out of the state house after the CEO blasts new election laws. This new GOP that has teeth for its corporate enemies is inspiring me. Keep it up, folks. Headline, Ethiopian's airline pilot mistakenly lands at unfinished airport. I'm not even going to read the article. I just want to imagine this man landing at an airport and getting out with nobody around, looking around like, what in the world? Are they off today? Headline, Justice Thomas argues for making Facebook, Twitter, and Google utilities. This is from protocol.com. Here's your reminder that Justice Thomas is our greatest living American right now. I wish he wasn't so old because we really need that guy to live another hundred years. What a lion he's been. Headline from the post-millennial. MSNBC refers to Indian coronavirus variant after a full year of calling Trump racist for saying China virus. You have to understand how deeply, deeply, deeply ingrained the communist Chinese are in the United States of America. They will be protected at all costs. As I've said before, if the Chinese landed an amphibious force on the shores of California five minutes from now, Within within minutes, you would have news organizations in the United States of America defending China and criticizing the U.S. response to said landing. Headline, war in Europe in the cards as Russia places troops on Ukraine border. Oh, please. When has Russia ever stepped out of line? Hang on. I have one more headline. One forty-five over ninety-two. 
180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Our good buddy Charles Payne just dropped some flame on Major League Baseball. Said Joe Biden encouraged Major League Baseball to pull out the All-Star game, yanking $50 million out of black businesses in the Atlanta area. Area, And then he said, what's the party of Jim Crow? Ouch! <laughs> Charles! But man, you know what? We're going to get... Email Charles. I want Charles back on. See if we can get him on tomorrow, Chris. Headline, Putin signs law allowing him two more terms as Russia's leader. You know, good for him for signing that into law. What, Chris? I just think it's really it's really awesome when you selflessly just sign the laws to help your nation out. I'd, I'd totally sign those laws, too. You know what's great? Me. I think I'll continue to give my country more of me. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. We're going to continue having fun this week. Keep your chin up. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, Ryan. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannock-Karam, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America. To the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.